Hello, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Pursuing Progress podcast, uh, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And we continue on, uh, on to episode 85, um, where we continue in our series of Understanding the 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. And we're up to part three. Um, but this one, we'll just talk about rule seven, which is kind of a a big topic and I wanted to kind of like give it that, that credence and that, um, time to kind of think it through and kind of talk it through, um, because it's, it's something that I think has, has been on my mind for, for a long time. And, and well, the rule, the title uh, of the chapter is, uh, pursue what is meaningful and not what is expedient. And you know, having the word pursue in it already kind of, you know, rings bells to, to what I'm about. But I think the whole thing, I realize I say a whole thing a lot. Um, like understanding what I'm here for and all these kind of big questions that you probably ask yourself and growing up, um, what am I here to do? Why am I here? What impact do I want to have? What kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? And all these kind of things that we, we, yeah, we naturally want to do something meaningful. We naturally want to have some sort of positive impact on, on someone, people, on, on groups or, um, or whatever it is. Uh, I don't think everyone is fully living that, you know, um, expedient life of just, you know, indulging themselves every day because I think, yeah, we kind of know that it hits walls and, and plateaus. And, um, even, you know, as we look to celebrities, artists who have top of the game and, and they turn to unhealthy behaviors like, like drugs, because they've, they've kind of experienced it all. They're, they're looking for something more, um, and they end up kind of damaging themselves. And, and so, yeah, this is a big wrestle, um, that I've been going through and I know, um, you know, people who you know are Christians or religious have some sort of kind of purpose and structure to how they see the world and how they kind of view the world and, and purpose and, and their meaning of life. Um, but I think it's not as simple as that. Um, and we'll kind of go through some of those things as, as the book does as well. And like I've wrestled with other, other books and other people with different ideas about how to, think about what, what gives meaning, you know, you, you have, you know, consumed a lot of like YouTube videos on people who are, um, you know, big players in the business field and, and how they kind of see the world and, um, you know, what success is and what meaning is, uh, for them. Um, you know, I've thought through, um, some of the books I've read, it's really messy behind me. I apologize, but it is what it is. Um, and, I've done a previous series on, on this podcast called the purpose driven life. And it's kind of 40 different kind of reflections and meditations about, you know, where to, where to find meaning and how to kind of discover your purpose. And, um, those have been kind of fascinating readings and, and they all tackle this idea in a different way. And, and, um, this chapter from 12 rules of life will for life. We'll, we'll probably tackle this at another angle as well that, kind of, you know, helps you think through stuff and, and it's definitely get, getting me thinking, um, a lot as well. And so, you know, four minutes in, we'll, we'll jump right into what the book actually has to say.
And so he starts off you know, talking about how life is suffering. And I think we can all empathize. We can all resonate with that. Um, especially in this pandemic, there is a lot of people suffering, whether it's lockdown policies or people who actually got COVID, people in ICU, people are, um, have died because of the disease, people um, taking their own lives, committing suicide. Um, there are families torn apart. There's domestic violence happening. There's all these kind of mental health issues and illnesses that are coming through um, with this with this pandemic. And um, we know that there's so much suffering and it's almost inevitable. It's part of our nature. It's part of living um, here on this earth. Um, and so, you know, sometimes like when we, when we're faced with that reality, when we're faced with that kind of fact of life, I think we, we, as human beings, we have this opportunity, this kind of space to be able to choose what to do with that. Um, you know, we can, yeah, live that expedient life, um, eat, drink, be merry, you know, get as much money as you can and spend it on experiences and, and really, I don't know, treat yourself well in the, what, 80, 90, 100 years that you'll, that you'll live. Um, and it, and it seems attractive. Um, there are a lot of people doing that on social media or on Instagram, flexing their boats and yachts and cars and, um, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think we're all aware, um, you know, what people show online is, is so different to how they're feeling inside and, and, and yeah, like we know that even if someone has all the money in the world, like they will still run into, um, issues and they'll still run into, um, problems that really, um, they wrestle with, um, on, on just a different level. And so if, you know, if that's the case, then there's got to be like another option that's more meaningful, that's more fulfilling and that, that that's more, I think more, more human or more true to what it means to be, be human. Um, and, and so if you want the combination of, of stories and experiences from human beings from the beginning of time, then as you know, and kind of speaks truths to the human experience over time, um, you know, it's, you know, personally what I believe as well and my kind of religious and faith kind of framework and, um, and the book goes through that as well. Um, looking at kind of like Cain and Abel and, and, and kind of stories of the Bible. Um, like I know it's a bit antsy talking about the Bible with um, just out in public, out on the internet um, as well. Um, but I think it, it gives a more, it gives a clear, clearer story with more, such more clarity around the human experience and, um, and, you know, how we would respond in, in certain situations. And so, you know, the book goes on to talk about this kind of central theme of, of sacrifice and, and the story about Cain and Abel about kind of like a few kind of generations down from, um, Adam and Eve and, oh, oh. They're the, the, the offspring of them anyway. Um, and you know, they go out in the field and they, you know, God kind of demands a sacrifice or some sort of offering from them. Um, and you know, Cain and Abel, they're, they're brothers. And so, um, you know, Abel 
you know, gives him a great sacrifice. God is pleased. And then, you know, the story. And then, you know, Cain gets jealous and, and kills him. And so, yeah. So, <laughs> Dr. Peters then will kind of dig deeper into that um, and kind of analyze that a bit more and, and what that kind of says about us as, as human beings. And so there's this whole thing about, you know, we about our nature where we, you know, give up something of value for something better in the future. Um, and, you know, in modern day terms, it's delaying gratification. Um, and I'm sure we all understand that, um, you know, with, you know, I, you know, have a, joined a community of like, you know, powerlifters at a, you know, at a gym, my friend has started and, you know, when they're preparing for a competition, they really do delay gratification in terms of, you know, the things they want to eat and, um, you know, everyone loves a Krispy Kreme donut and, and, and all these kind of unhealthy stuff. But I think with this kind of end goal or they want to be, you know, the best they can for, for a competition. And so they're going to delay all those, you know, impulses that they have. Um, <laughs> And, and, and it just plays out in, in so many different, um, facets of life, um, in terms of like, you know, your, your relationships and, and the thing they talk about is like work, like work you know, in the Bible, it, it talks about how work is like a bit of a curse and it wars against you and it's miserable. You don't want to be there. And, you know, people suffer heart attacks on Monday, <laughs> Monday morning, because, you know, because of the stress and stuff like that. Um, you know, the whole idea of work is, you know, you're working towards something you're working and, and saving towards something bigger, like, like a house for the mortgage, for the car or, or whatnot. Um, and, and yeah, like we, we know that that's the way to go. <laughs> we know that that's the way to live, live life. You know, delaying gratification is so that we can kind of work towards something bigger and better than, than the impulse that we have right now. Um, and so I think this is a factor of that, of, of sacrifice, sacrificing, you know, what your impulses are telling you, what your emotions are firing and, and, and saying. And so, you know, part of living properly, proper part of, I guess, living in a meaningful way is, you know, choosing your, your sacrifice, um, you know, and learn how to regulate your impulses and learn how to regulate your emotions. Um, you know, know for me, when my, I was insecure and I couldn't regulate my emotions in the way that I thought, um, yeah, it just led to really, you know, terrible decisions that, you know, I kind of, like I'm still affected by them today. Um, and so, yeah, I think when you build this kind of like future for yourself and, and kind of figure out what you want to build towards, it's, yeah, it's this kind of like ideal that you're working towards. And so you want to be in line with that um, all the all the way through. And so you don't, you know, kind of fade away <laughs> into the distance and, and kind of lose sight of your goal and, and kind of, yeah, you just need that structure to be able to walk well. 
um, I suppose. And so, yeah, and we see this all throughout people that we feel are successful in this life or doing well in this life. Um, you know, maybe you, you know, people that are going through med school, <laughs> um, practicing to, to be doctors and, and things like that. And they go through much a longer length of training, um, <laughs> uh, to finally become a doctor than, than most people. Um, so, you know, for me, I just studied four years for a bachelor degree to, to get the accreditation. And whereas, you know, they have to study for 10 plus 15, 20 to become like legitimate doctors, um, in their own right. And, and yeah, because the human body is complicated and so there's a lot to learn. Um, but you know, in that time, you know, they're accumulating so much debt, <laughs> there's you know, all this time spent studying all this time saying no to friends <laughs> and, and yeah, like, and stressing and lack of sleep and things like that. But eventually they get to this part when they're 30, 40, they become doctors and, and, you know, great people of society usually. Um, and so, yeah. And so like when you do well, um, you know, you're going to have like excess and he kind of likens this to say like wolves and, and predators that, you know, um, have just taken down like a big, like elephant or like something zebra, which is something with a lot of meat. And so, you know, they're not going to eat the whole, whole thing in one go, but they can't really store it or refrigerate it because they're animals. Um, they don't know how to use a fridge just yet. Well, not that they will ever. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think there's this aspect of, okay, like, because you can't really hold everything for yourself, like, what is the other option? Um, if you just leave it, um, you know, that that food, that, that mammoth <laughs> uh, is just going to rot away and it's going to be no use. Um, and so there's this aspect of, of sharing as well that comes into our meaning um, of, for life, uh, part of our sacrifice. And, you know, and I guess that's why ingrained into our kids or our kids, children, and like, you want to have children that know how to share, you know, their toys or their whatever with, with other children, because that's kind of the essence of, of friendships and essence of social interaction. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, Benjamin Ben Franklin also touched on of, um, you know, like asking a favor from someone is one of the kind of I don't know, like genuine ways you can kind of start social interaction with, with someone, um, using the right kind of context and environment, of course. Um, and so, so yeah, like a part of, you know, living a meaningful life is, is sacrifice and, and sharing and it's helpful that they both start with S so easy to remember. And so, so yeah, like it's almost as if the successful people in this world know how to sacrifice well, make the right sacrifices. And, um, it's almost as if they're kind of bargaining with their future kind of thing. Um, as, as the book puts it, um, that, you know, 
like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to keep making these sacrifices in the hopes that something good will come out of this. And I think we all do that, um, you know, subconsciously or consciously. You know, when we train, say for powerlifting, that's the only example in my head at the moment. Um, yeah, like, you know, you know, you're going to, you have to follow, you know, step by step. And it's like, all right, I'm going to keep doing it even when it's painful and you do sets of 12. Um, but it's all part of it to, you know, hopefully build you to this point where you can lift that, you know, PB um, at the end of it all. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's all kind of well and good and, and probably really easy to, to digest and really not that no scandalous or too controversial to, to say those things. Um, but we know that in life it's messy, it's chaotic, and sometimes it doesn't go well. Uh, sometimes things happen. Um, you know, you think about the Olympics now, um, that started today or a few hours ago, um, even though they've played a few sports already, um, that, you know, you can prepare for four years, five, five years and, or you can prepare for Tokyo 2020 and then that gets postponed by COVID. And then you aren't allowed to go to the Olympics if you get tested positive, um, for COVID. And so, you know, our Aussie men's tennis player, like Alex Demonor, uh, Demonor, um, got tested positives. And so he can't attend the Olympics, which is devastating for him. And then I think there was another athlete who was like currently world ranked number one who can't attend because, um, she got tested positive as well. And so, yeah, things, things don't go well. Um, and so like in those moments you can see what, um, you hold most dear in the, in those times. Um, and you know, you, it shows how much it means to someone when, when things don't go well or things don't go as planned. Um, and so I think one of the encouragements from that is you know, from the book, um, just reading this off, uh, if the world you are seeing is not the world you want, therefore it's time to examine your values. Um, I think it's more talking about like when you mess it up for yourself. Um, but yeah, like things happen and, and you do have to kind of reassess and reevaluate, you know, what's most important to you. Um, because I don't know, maybe one of the athletes is kind of nearing the end of their career and next Olympics would be four years away. And so if they can't attend, you know, this year, you probably have to rethink things or maybe there's a horrific injury as well. Um, that, that usually gets people thinking and reevaluating what they hold most dear. Uh, and so everyone's, I don't know if you've probably heard the analogy of like the monkey's hand and getting caught in a jar, you know, you, you put like this kind of like narrow bottleneck, um, bottle and you put some treats in it like that a monkey kind of desires. And so once he, you know, puts his hand in to reach the, the treats, like he's going to have a clenched fist, you know, grabbing those things. And because of that, like he's unable to, you know, pull his hand out. Um, and so the kind of moral goes that, you know, as, as long as he's, you know, still desiring this thing that is, you know, hurting him, I suppose, you know, keeping his arm in a bottle, 
Um, if he's just unwilling to let go of that, like he'll never be able to, um, you know, get his hand out of the jar unless he smashes it, which, you know, may cause injury and, and things like that. But, you know, the moral is like, you sometimes you need to let things go so you can kind of free yourself from, from the chains or something, something else. Um, and so, yeah. And so, you know, it, then it kind of begs the question of like, what is the greatest thing you can sacrifice or what's the best thing to, to live for? And, you know, of course <laughs> you want to, ha- you want the answer to that, like your individual case, um, you know, when reading it, like rereading it, I was just like, oh yeah, like surely it's going to have like this sentence that will just answer my question, <laughs> please. Um, but I think it just goes to this kind of principle, I suppose, that you can kind of um, digest for yourself and, and figure it out for yourself. Um, I think the best best way in terms of therapy and and learning things is is discovering things by yourself and not being not having it kind of handed to you and um, you know given to you on a silver plate. Um, and so, you know, again, it links to the Bible of you know, this idea of sacrifice and, and it, there's so many things throughout the Bible about sacrifice of, you know, a child or children or the sacrifice of self. And so we think about, you know, the, the story that, um, yeah, the story about, about Jesus that we all kind of know and have heard of, of Jesus dying on, you know, a Roman cross and where he, you know, sacrifice, gave it all, sacrifice himself for, you know, the sins of the world. And so this is kind of active sacrifice is this kind of archetype of the greatest sacrifice that anyone can make. Um, and, you know, in that action, it's, it's God sacrificing his one and only son. Um, and you see that kind of replicated with, um, oh my gosh, I'm about to say Noah and um, Moses. <laughs> Moses, when he was struggling to get a son, and then um, you know, once he has a son, miraculously, um, he's, he's told to, to <laughs> sacrifice and kill his son, which is kind of this kind of foreshadowing thing of, you know, there is no greater sacrifice than, than those things, um, you know, to sacrifice your son and let alone sacrifice for people who will probably eventually, you know, hate you anyway. <laughs> um, and so... So yeah, I think what the Bible highlights in the gospel story is just like, there is no greater sacrifice than these things. Um, and so it's it's the kind of love and the way that we want to see the world and love love other people in, in this particular way, um, in, a, in a way that's sacrificial. Like, you know, if you want to talk about <laughs> love and stuff, like I'm no expert, but like, I think the way that you love someone that kind of speaks deepest and speaks to the core is, is one that, you know, shows a great deal of sacrifice. Um, whether it's like the amount of the percentage of your salary that goes in the ring or, um, but more kind of those kind of grand gestures or little gestures throughout the day that you're showing effort and sacrifice and going out of your way to, to organize things or to purchase things or to make things, like a meaningful gift or a meaningful experience for them to just really kind of increase the relationship with. Um, yeah, I think we know that that 
that doesn't need kind of words like people who experience that kind of love like know um that that feeling <laughs> they know you know it doesn't need to be in that kind of romantic context um context but you know in friendships and family and um yeah all these efforts that you go through with with people you know you have friends that go above and beyond and you know it requires a lot of sacrifice from them and you know, it just kind of increases your kind of appreciation and gratefulness for, for them and, and those people in your lives that, that go to that trouble um, and are willing to make those sacrifices, you know, for you, you know, um, you know especially when you're in a time of need um, as well. And that's a beautiful part of um, yeah, some beautiful friendships that, um, yeah, you're definitely lucky if you get to experience that or you've made friends that, that do that for you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so in that, you know, sacrifice and, and sharing, there's this call to live in a meaningful way uh, for all, all of us, um, for everyone. And like, I know my, my previous um, YouTube video, sorry, people listening to the podcast, like I upload um from episode 82 or 83 onwards, I've been posting the video form and on YouTube um, of the podcast and I do little bits um, on YouTube as well, just little tidbits. And um, there's a pre the previous one I posted was one about um, just me trying not to regret uh, the things that I've done in, <laughs> in my life because um, it was just reflecting on rule six that um, yeah, like seeing if I have my house in order before I criticize the world and about, you know, whether I'm making the best of every opportunity that's kind of afforded to me. And, um, I was just kind of monologuing and, and just saying no, um, you know, because I'm not in a great spot at the moment and not working. Don't, I've made stupid decisions. It's kind of drained my bank account and, um, you know, I'm unable to, you know, help much. I, I feel useless. I feel, um, yeah, like un, unhelpful in terms of trying to support myself and support other people and support, you know, my mum and stuff like that. And so, yeah, um, I, it was a big wrestle um, for, the, for the, you know, for the days around around that with the past few days um but i think yeah i know that that is just me having a particular like difficult place that have placed the the goalpost that i made for myself and and really i probably skewed away from you know i think the more meaningful things in terms of how i like where the boundaries are and where the goal is, I think just create them in a way that's like, I'm, it's kind of out of reach subconsciously. Um, but I, I kind of leave them there, <laughs> but you know, this in terms of, you know, sacrifice and, and sharing, like there's so many other ways that I can do that. Um, of course, empathically, you'd like to, be doing stuff that, you know, generates income. Cause it's kind of like this objective 
reminder or this kind of indicator that you're providing value and you're getting, you know, return for the efforts that, that you're making. Um, but you know, uh, I bought this book <laughs> to read later about the psychology of money. And, and so, um, hopefully it will help me kind of think through that a bit more. So I'm not too kind of focused on money because it's something that comes and goes. And so I shouldn't hold that to a higher standard than I should. Um, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think when we're able to discover, you know, meaning that's so profound, um, you know, it may even protect you from the fear of death. And I think this is like highlighted Bible. This is something that I talked about in Bible study, I think a few weeks ago about, you know, this perfect love from, from God or living in this way that, um, you know, that show, shows love and sacrifice, sacrificial love to, to other people. Like, you know, you're living, living well, you're, you're living properly. Um, and you know, you don't need to fear that you've had a wasted life or you're living life wrong, um, or to have that fear, you know, from death and have that kind of like regret of life, uh, that I was so, I don't know, consumed and overwhelmed by, um, in the past few days. And like, like I'm processing all this, like now live as I kind of verbally process it all. And yeah, like, I think it's, yeah, this perfect love that drives out fear and fear is to do with punishment and anxiety and, and the unknown and, um, and, and regrets and, and things like that. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, it's, yeah, I don't need to get too beat up about it anyway. So, yeah, I think it is the, and then, you know, he goes on to talk about, you know, human beings being self-conscious and having our own conscience. Um, it kind of, I don't know, motivates expediency. Like we, we can have the choice, but it, it kind of brings on suffering first of all. And then, so from, so from suffering, you can choose to be expedient and just try to, I don't know, bandaid the whole, whole thing and then just chase kind of pleasurable experiences all the way through. And, and definitely I've dipped in that <laughs> kind of category. And so, so yeah, but I think because we're self aware, we, we have a conscience, um, you know, going back to the story about Adam and Eve, when they, you know, take, took a bite of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I think it was when it opened their eyes, they, you know, they became ashamed when they were naked because they didn't really think about that before. Like it was this, you know, perfect relationship. They didn't have any shame or anything they wanted to hide. And, you know, when they could you the, the fruit, they were, able to understand their own vulnerability. So they were naked in front of one another. Um, they realize, Hey, like <laughs> we're super vulnerable. We know, um, what it's like to be in pain. We know what it's like to, um, to feel suffering, experience hardship, um, to go through trauma. And because we're worried that we're aware of that, uh, Sorry, I repeated myself. Um, 
because of that is now in the conscience and we know that like on the other side of the coin, we know how to induce that in other people. Um, like it's such a kind of profound point that I've been kind of like in awe of or kind of like dropping my jaw about, um, for, for a while now, uh, you know, when you know, you know, at that moment, yeah, like when you know what it's like to be hurt, then you know how to inflict that on other people. And so we have this capacity to, to do evil. <laughs> and, and so there's this choice that, you know, we're given to make, um, you know, to live, um, in terms of, you know, how Cain, um, you know, responded to life, <laughs> you know, life is suffering, life is tough. And, um, you know, he just wanted to like protest a bit against being and, and whatnot. And so if you follow Cain's cycle, you know, you make your sacrifices, um, and maybe they weren't the best sacrifice, or maybe it's a ill-advised sacrifice that you're making, or it's half-hearted or you're kind of like bitter about it. Um, and then sometimes, you know, life doesn't work out. You get rejected. Um, yeah, like maybe like a job rejection, which I got like yesterday, um, which is a bit annoying. I made a LinkedIn, LinkedIn post about it, about like, yeah, there's an, oh, like, sorry, you didn't get it. You didn't, your application didn't progress, but follow us on Instagram to like keep in touch. And I, yeah, I just got a bit annoyed with that, about that. Like, don't ask me to follow you. Um, anyway, um, I got it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm over it. And then, so yeah, from that, you know, it can build resentment and bitterness and revenge and, and kind of, you know, when you're in that state of mind, like you're, you're not going to make, you know, the proper sacrifices with the right heart anyway. And so that's how you see Cain just having the audacity and capacity to, to kill his own brother, um, out of jealousy and out of spite and out of protest for what's happening to him, even though if it seems like he's doing, you know, the good thing. Um, and so, yeah. So for all of us, when we're faced with this choice, you know, we know what Cain did and in response to the suffering life, um, a life of suffering is, you know, turns to evil because it feels like, you know, it's what, what was good kind of denied him. And so, um, so he chose to, to, you know, carry out these acts. And so, and then it turns, you know, the new Testament when it turns to, to Christ, to Jesus, and he takes this different path, um, I suppose like face and confronted with evil. Like, well, we're showing the story of, you know, Jesus talking to Satan himself and being tempted in the desert for 40 days. Um, and, oh, there's this nice quote from Carl Jung that says, no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. Um, and so you do need to, you know, like Jesus himself confronts evil, but still chooses to live in obedience, um, to God and to do what is good. Um, and so, so he goes through that, that story, um, of Jesus being tattooed in the desert and kind of breaks it down a little bit as well. And so I think the moral of the story is always kind of like aiming higher for, you know, what is proper and what is right. Um, 
which is, yeah, a really hard thing to, to follow, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> we, we try, we try. And so, yeah. So one of the first tests that he, he had was, you know, for 40 days, he didn't really eat anything. And so he was tempted, you know, with bread to, to make bread out of a stone and things like that. And so, you know, in, in times of hunger and starvation, you know, it's, it's a feeling that, you know, really kind of strips down all your layers and, um, we all understand the feeling of being hangry and we say things that we don't mean and, um, we get kind of snappy and <laughs> things like that when we're hungry. And, and so it is this kind of archetypal, like, I don't know, the standard of in that kind of state, um, that you can still choose to be, be good, <laughs> I suppose, to follow that kind of perfect example. Um, yeah. And so I think there's this to kind of take away from that is just kind of, you know, if you just live as this archetypal savior lives, then you will go hungry no more. And in terms of fulfillment, um, and satisfaction, <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah, if you want to kind of extrapolate it like that. And the second way he's, um, tempted is to, you know, throw off, throw himself off a cliff and it's like, yeah, like surely like your angels and God will send angels to, to help you and, and carry you, um, to safety. Like you won't die, you won't get hurt or anything. Um, and so he responds, you know, you know, don't put God to the test because I think there's this thing about, you know, divine intervention and having God kind of reach his arm down to make things happen miraculously and, you know, ex extraordinarily. Um, but I think in that it's, it's the kind of Latin, Latin phrase, like dois ex machina, machina, um, where, you know, you have God or, you know, a high being kind of like intervening to, to help the hero kind of thing. And we, and you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, a lot of shirts kind of write it. I don't know if people know that that's the case. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of mocked in terms of how to write a story. Like you don't want to write someone into a corner and then, you know, have no way out and then just have, you know, this high being just kind of get them out of this situation. I think it's more evidence that, you know, the writer just <laughs> made mistakes and, uh, and didn't know where to go. Um, but I think when you want to depend on that, when you want to depend on divine intervention to, to help you, I think it just kind of abdicates and kind of mocks, um, you know, your sense of independence, your free will, your, your courage, destiny, your responsibility for your actions and, and what they lead to and, and, you know, your own sacrifices. Um, I think it just kind of strips you of kind of, yeah, like, I think you just want to <laughs> divert the responsibility and, and pray that something else gets you out and, and where, where life is all about, you know, you work it out, you know, for yourself and have support and, and figure out with your friends and family and your support network to get you through and, and don't count, even though it might happen, like don't count on something magical happening or like 
out of the ordinary happening. And, and so you hear that story a lot of like, oh, you know, the universe will provide for you. Like, okay, like you can draw those kind of <laughs> correlations and things like that. And you hear stories of, oh, like this lady donated all she had to the church and then she got a million dollars check in the mail. Um, that one's genuinely been used <laughs> before. And so... And people are like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and yeah, but it's just kind of strips someone of their, you know, the courage and their ability to write their own story, I suppose, or be the hero of their own story, uh, which is kind of humiliate, humiliating in a way. And so, you know, Jesus' answer of, you know, don't put God to the test because I think he just has this refusal to dispersed from his responsibility, um, to live a good life and, and to live obediently to God. And so it, it is a great kind of lesson for us <laughs> in terms of those difficult moments, um, to, yeah, not dispense of your own responsibility, but to confront the evil, confront whatever, you know, you're wrestling with and allowing that to, yeah, to kind of play out. Um, yeah, I think that's quite a poignant point <laughs> for me and hopefully for you uh, listening as well. Um, and so, yeah, following on from that, you know, when you increase in terms of responsibility and status, you know, you start talking about the whole, this whole thing about power. And so, you know, in businesses, when people get promoted, they get more, you know, power, responsibility and, and, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> Um, with great power comes great responsibility. And so when you have, you know, more power, you, it's more as the book goes into say, you know, it's an increased opportunity for your inner darkness to, to reveal itself or to prove it, uh, kind of show it, show itself. Um, and so, you know, we see people with a lot of power just kind of commit, corrupt actions and corrupt things. Um, think about, you know, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, and, um, you could probably think about local businesses, I suppose. And, um, or people, you know, in your workplace, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it's this weird thing, power, um, that people strive for, but they don't know how to use it well uh we see this kind of like dichotomy in a lot of superhero movies um you know yeah if you think marvel and and dc and things like that of you know if you know you have these powers like are you gonna use them for good or use them for evil and um yeah i think that wrestle is what gets us hooked into to these movies um as well um Good talk. Uh, Captain America. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, do, do, do. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a difficult r- read because there's a lot. Like, he goes into a lot of, like, philosophies, like Nietzsche and, I think, Dost- Dostoevsky um, and all these kind of philosophers and, and stuff. So, it was kind of doing my head in as well. Like, I wrote notes on it. Um, but it's hard to kind of 
communicate it because I think my brain's not at level that my intelligence isn't at that level just yet to be able to kind of break it down in a more communicable way, more simple and (laughs) easier to understand way. Um, But yeah, I'll get there one day, but (laughs) not today. Um, Anyway, so I guess in terms of like trying to summarize it, I think what we can do in in this life when we know it's full of suffering and and pain is do our best. Does so, so living that meaningful life, you know, sacrifice for you, uh, you know, what is good, make meaningful sacrifices and share in a meaningful way. Um, and, you know, try to alleviate unnecessary suffering and pain, <laughs> I guess. Um, and <laughs> what did I write? Yeah. And so, oh, okay, that's what I wrote. Sorry, my, my handwriting is terrible. Um, whatever is... I guess at the top of our moral hierarchy, I guess is, is our God, um, that, that we serve and the ones that we kind of make our decisions and actions and, and thoughts from, um, you know, ev- everyone has that kind of seat, um, available for something, someone. Um, and so, you know, figure out what that is for you, <laughs> uh, what's meaningful for you. And so, and we know that, you know, when you act properly, sacrifice properly, wholeheartedly, um, share generously, you you become (laughs) a good person and and it kind of maximizes your ability to live a meaningful life. Um, I think these are very philosophical concepts (laughs) in summary. Um, it's, things for you to ponder about, to think through. Um, you know, we know expedience isn't the answer. Living materially isn't the answer. Um, we see reality TV shows of that going wrong. <laughs> um, we know living examples of that going wrong. Um, and so, yeah, like this, this meaning, pursuing what is meaningful <laughs> as the title suggests um, is really like the way to go about life <laughs> for you to feel fulfilled and, and, and satisfied, um, in your particular way. Um, you know, you, you speak kind of truth to what life is, um, to be vulnerable and open, which is always good. And we definitely need more of, um, and, and yeah, like it is the, life to live like the like i think when you consider it and think through like there is no other way to kind of live um that kind of creates more meaning and purpose and than that um i think yeah like looking at the bible and and christianity and things like that it it is you know this kind of like sets that structure, our religion, you know, faith and whatnot. I think it, it just like throughout the, you know, Bible means book and there's hopes of just stories of what life is like and, and the human experience It's true to the human experience. Um, it talks about war and genocide, you know, genocide and, and despicable acts by rulers. And, um, and it's, it, it's not that like, 
shocking or that different from what's happening now. Um, and so, yeah, there's this funny thing of people saying, you know, oh, like, you know, if Jesus was around here, like everyone would totally believe because we have cameras and, and video, but it's like, no, like even now people with video, people are like saying, no, it's a hoax. It's, it's not real. It's Photoshopped. Um, and that's kind of the basis of their, their beliefs. And so, yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, you, humanity just has this common thread. Um, and so we want to claim enlightenment and we're smarter than people back then, but innately, no, <laughs> which is a sad thing. And we want to, like, well, I'd love to be able to say that, but like, yeah, I'm so much more enlightened than people before. Um, or, you know, best example is your parents. It's just like, oh, I know better than you because, you know, got the internet, but it's like, no, they, they figured out high school and uni without it. <laughs> I think they've done better anyway. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I know my past few videos and episodes haven't been like positive or <laughs> enlightening or kind of encouraging in, in other ways. And I'm like, I know my own personality and character is just so, so negative, so emotional and yeah, like pessimistic by nature. Um, but I think something that got, kind of brought up in the last episode of the podcast was I think, yeah, like because I didn't figure out or give my time to invest myself and figure things out, you know, during such crucial and like developmental phase of, of life, you know, from 18, 19, kind of 18, 18 to probably 25. Um, that's such a crucial <laughs> time where you're meant to like learn about yourself and, and think through things and have different experiences and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that you can learn and, um, in, in so many different ways, you know, I, yeah, like I gave myself to, to other things, other people, um, without, you know, caring about myself, um, you know, my own health and, and my own likes, dislikes, my strengths and, securities, insecurities and whatnot. And so I think, yeah. So having that whole thing shattered at the age of kind of 25, um, I think I don't want to use the word blessing in disguise because there's a lot of pain to go through. Um, <laughs> it's a horrible thing for me to do, a horrible mistake to make. Um, and it's, yeah, like it still haunts me to this day, uh, for sure. Um, but I think just over time, it just, it's like, you just come to this kind of acceptance and awareness and, um, you, you just less affected, uh, it'll, it'll never go away, but you just, because you've accepted it and kind of digested it, it just doesn't impact you as heavily as it did before. Uh, but I'm sure it'll haunt me for, for a long time. Um, and so, yeah. So I've really only had say these two years, um, which has been two years of this pandemic, um, to really have the time and space to 
to figure things out for myself and, and to think through things and um, I guess developmentally, I guess I would be behind um, a lot of people um, who have probably thought these things through or had help um, or, or kind of, you know, older people, their parents to, to talk them through these things. And so these two years have just been trying to figure the, um, it out and uh, question a few things and um, yeah, and to to figure out who I am and all these kind of like basic questions about who you are that I haven't been able to really explore much yet. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of questions and with that, yeah, it's just kind of like frustration because I'm 27 now and yeah, it's kind of like, oh, this is where I, I should be at a certain, certain spot. I should be, I don't know, like in a relationship, getting ready to be married. It, like that's not a big pressure or anything, but I think it's, yeah, as, as you know, the friends around me get married and get into relationships, I think it's, yeah. Um, like you can't say it doesn't fully affect you um, because it is. Um it does. And I think just on the good days, you know, you're able to just, you know, put it aside. Um, and in terms of people like working and stuff, and it's just kind of like, Oh no, <laughs> what, what have I done? And, and I think that's kind of a big part of that previous video that I put on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I think this journey will, will last quite a few years <laughs> from now um, from, from 25, um, like hopefully not too long, but I, I can't say with any certainty how long that will take. And, um, yeah, but I, I think I want to hopefully get to the spot where I can look back and I don't know, look back on me in 2021, uh, with, you know, compassionate eyes and graceful eyes and, and, and just kind of like, I don't know if I could give, I don't know, that old self me now, just that hug of like, you know, like great job for holding on and great job for pushing through, even though, um, things were tough and circumstances were difficult, um, that you, you chose to, you know, make those sacrifices well, um, to become, you know, a better person, um, who's living a meaningful life. Um, yeah, I hope that future me can, yeah, look upon me now. Um, and yeah, and just, I think, yeah, just, just be proud of how I held it, held on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a long journey and, um, yeah, this will be, be great to look back on. Um, but yeah, I'll sign off for now. Thank you so much again uh, for listening uh, to, to this podcast. Um, it's not a typical podcast. It's usually a conversation with other people or, you know, a topic that's exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks for tuning in to, to my journey. Hope it... Um, yeah, helps in, in some way for your own. Um, 
but yeah, just here to have the conversation and, and see where it goes from there. Um, no real expectations really, but, um, until the next episode or the next video, um, thank you again, uh, for listening. Hope you're all keeping happy and healthy and safe. Love and peace to you all. Bye.